0: Hello, and thank you for joining us today for the Table and Well podcast. This is episode number 55. As always, we are so excited that you guys are here with us. And please feel free to download and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. Well, today we're going to begin the conclusion of our series, The Half-Brain Church, How the Church Has Lost Its Ever-Loving Mind. And again, these conversations and these podcast really is from this entire series comes from a book called the other half of church written by dr jim wilder and michael hendricks so we have covered a lot of ground and we've spent a lot of time walking through this book and, and i think it's very important because these are things that we've been saying for a while and we say it in our podcast these are things that people that really the church is not talking about and I think these are very important discussions to have, and we hope that some of this maybe was a catalyst for you guys to have some of those discussions. But we want to talk about living whole-brained, and when I say whole-brained, I mean I mean living from the left side and the right side of our brain. So relationally, and the knowledge, and the spiritual disciplines, and the problematic, problem-solving side of our brain. See, God designed us to live whole brain that way from the beginning. So, and, and Jesus lived that way when he walked on the earth. I mean, he actually modeled for us what it looks like to live whole brain. I mean, everything he did was relational and he used the left side of his brain. So he was the perfect example of what it was for us or how it is for us to live whole brain. He was completely a hundred percent relational, but he was also a hundred percent spiritual disciplines, the knowledge He put in the work, he knew the Torah, he knew the scriptures. So he used both sides of the brain. And that's really how true discipleship is supposed to be done. It's not one side or the other, but for whatever reason, we have swung the pendulum to this whole left side of our brain where everything we do is from fixing the problem, putting programs in place, and we're missing out, like I said earlier, on true discipleship. And we think that's how transformation happens, but it's really not transformation happens as we've been saying before and as we've said it happens in community it happens in relationship it happens in whole-brained discipleship so here is the beginning of the end of our series the half-brained church how the church has lost its ever-loving mind
1: okay so the last few podcasts we've been talking about the relational disease of narcissism being present in our churches yes and how it Thrives in the depleted soil of half-brain Christianity, mm-hmm. where where we're so focused on truth and facts and knowledge, and all the left-brained mm-hmm. informational ideas. Yeah, where we're leaving out and neglecting our relational growth. That this is where that that problem comes to lie. Mm-hmm. Um. So, what's the other option? Right. Like if if this is where we are. Uh huh. And the reality of where we are, yeah, I really believe we can't go into the next season the same. No, as the body of Christ as a whole, like it's just not going to work. And so, what what should it look like instead? What what is the idea? What is the difference that that needs to take place? What might it look like?
0: Yeah. So we've we've again, the series is called the half brain church. And we've been talking about being whole brained. That's Mm -hmm. kind of been our thing. And we've been, like you said earlier, focusing on the left side and we've gone through some skills and some different things and different um, foundational things that we need to have good soil, which is all relational. Right. And so what we want to provide or what we want to, I think what it looks like Mm -hmm. would be what we would call a vibrant, transformative community.
1: Yeah. So our, our, Play on the book of the half brain church. Yeah. um, And how we've talked about how the church has lost its ever loving mind. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That was an intentional play. Yeah. In drawing attention to the fact that the church isn't operating from its loving mind. But the goal isn't that it only operates from there. It really is about being whole brain, like you said. Yeah.
0: Left brain, right brain, Mm -hmm. relational, logic, doctrine. Compassion, relationships, everything—all
1: in one. Has all said, of it at play. It healthy correction. Yes. Yeah. So you said that that's you coined the phrase "vibrant transformational community." So what does that look like? Let's talk about what are some aspects of a vibrant transformational community.
0: Yeah. So one of the things that it looks like is that it makes full use of truth and relationship. Mm-hmm. It's that situation. Just so like we were talking about. Two seconds ago, we take the truth of the, the logic and the knowledge and then the relational aspect of how Christ showed us how to walk and how to live in relationship when he was on the earth. So right. taking those two things and and doing it together, mm-hmm. all in one, because um, really Jesus desires that our church, that churches have healthy soil that mm-hmm. keeps relationships at the center of everything.
1: Yeah. Just like he did. Just That's what he did. <laughs> it's that's what he did. Exactly yeah. what he did. Yep. And then the four key ingredients of healthy soil are all relational, actually. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So again, you guys we're didn't not... know.
0: we set you guys up from the beginning.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> so and all of, all of these, we've done a podcast on yeah. joy, which is the experience. We like to define it as the experience of the deep knowing that you're glad to be with me no matter what mm-hmm. and knowing what that's like. And it's the experience. So, yeah. Um, healthy soil or healthy community is going to contain experiences of what it's like for people to be glad to be with me no matter what. It's going to create experiences mm-hmm. where I get to feel and experience what it's like for God to be glad to be with me no matter what. Yeah. What it feels like for me to be glad to be with me. Because no that's matter a huge what.
0: one. We talk about that a lot where sometimes mm-hmm. I'm just not happy to be with myself. Yeah. So learning how to be an experience of me being happy to be with me. And we've talked, that goes to satisfaction a little bit. Mm -hmm. we talked about that in some of our collabs that we've done. I think that's an interesting concept there as well. Being satisfied is a way for you to be happy with being with yourself.
1: Yep. And so it is that part of the community that's needed, not just joy for joy's sake, like choose joy. We all walk around happy, (laughs) but no, we are intentionally living and creating experiences for one another to know and feel and and experience what it's like, yeah.
0: And uh, the second one would be hased, and that would be that family experience of attachment of joyful love.
1: Mm-hmm. And this is really key because we have an epidemic right now of people who've not experienced this mm-hmm. in real life. Yeah. So very many of us are walking around frustrated and hurt and unable to operate in relationship and operate healthy in community. And we talk all about this Mm -hmm. in our, in our maturity series about there's my responsibilities that I need to do in order to mature and grow and to build healthy attachment. But I can't do that if I don't have a community that will do their part. So I actually have safe people to attach to. Yes. because we need both because we need both. Again, it's
0: that both and.
1: And to experience for me what it looks like to have a safe God. Mm, Like if I don't know, if I've not experienced what it's like to have someone stay present with me when things are not going well Mm -hmm. or to not get angry at me when I've made a mistake or love me no matter what, then I'm going to have a really hard time understanding a God that I can't see and how he does that for me. Yeah. And so, building that secure Hasid sticky attachment mm-hmm. um, is critical here. And what it doesn't look like is the push and pull of the current modern day church, where yes. we're, where we're doing this whole performance fear yep. games, trying to gain our place and belonging, and we have to jump through all these hoops to stay within the belonging circle. Right. Um, that's not Hasid, and unfortunately, we've created this really unhealthy broken attachment model within the church community.
0: Yeah, and and. And uh, that goes back to, it, it all, it just, it goes back to what, how we were raised. It goes back mm-hmm. to, there's a lot of different factors that go into that. Right. We but do what we've,
1: we've, we do what we know we've to been do. taught to do. Yeah. Right. So if we all have broken, broken attachments, attachments, then we just reproduce broken attachments. Right. We
0: reproduce what we reproduce.
1: Mm-hmm. And so in that, that's uh-huh. why Hesed is so important. Yes. So then we can reproduce what we reproduce. Produce. So if we can build healthy, secure attachment, has said in mm-hmm. our communities then we can build healthy secure attachment in our families and in our world yeah and then the game changes right
0: 100 percent. the other one would be group identity so that would be our corporate map of who we are and how it is for us to act as children of god mm. it's it's that idea of again like we said, this is who we are mm-hmm. this is how we act mm-hmm. and it's it's that that setting that group identity because that really believe it or not that's where a lot of your identity lies. It's your brain goes through this process of, what do my people do in this situation? Mm-hmm. The people that, I, that I'm that i attached to, the people that I belong to, when this happens in whatever situation it is that's happening around you, mm-hmm. your brain is asking the question, what do my people do? And how do I respond? Mm-hmm. And I want to do the thing that's going to make my people happy.
1: Right. And this is all happening before it's conscious yeah. thought. Like Pre-conscious we talked about thought. this yep. is character. Yeah. And in order for our character to be transformed, it will be transformed by those that we are attached to. So mm-hmm. the health of our group is really important here to have that healthy soil. Again, otherwise we reproduce unhealthy soil. Yes. Um, speaking of healthy, healthy correction <laughs> is yep. the fourth ingredient. Um, and it's basically that our culture doesn't leave anyone behind. Mm-hmm. So when they forget who they are, we bring them back gently to their true self. Yes. Um, this does not look like correct and cast out. Mm. Ooh, but this is not easy No, there. This isn't one of the things we talked about before we got on the podcast today is just our sobriety and making sure that no statement on our attempt, I should say yeah. to make no statement. That's just like, do this thing right. and like do the thing, put a band aid on it right. or pretend to be successful at this. Like everything we're talking about is hard and messy. It period. is period. Yep. Like it this will hard. Not-
0: messy takes time.
1: Yep. And so, so worth it. Yes. Like it, it's like gardening. Like you can't, (laughs) like speaking of soil, you can't just put a seed in the ground and walk away and then be mad when it doesn't reproduce in the way that you want it to.
0: Right. Um, It needs the right soil. It needs the right mix of mm -hmm. concentration of the nutrients. It needs Mm -hmm. the right amount of sun, the right amount of rain and water. Right. The right amount of pruning. Yes. Which is that correction. Right. The right, all of those things.
1: And you need to start with the right seed to start with. Right. Oh yeah, that's true too. Yeah.
0: And. (laughs) Another thing too about gardening is that your, your, your largest and probably your biggest, um, harvest is not the first one.
1: Right. That's good. Yeah. It takes time. Yeah. It all takes time. And it, for whatever reason, corn came to mind as well. You know, we try to plant ourselves in a garden all by ourselves because we've been wounded oh, That's so and, good. Yeah, and corn cannot actually Girl produce. Yeah. Unless it's planted in groups. No. And I think we are the same way. So yeah. this, uh, this is just so critical.
0: So when we build our communities on these foundational principles, so those four themes we talked about—so joy, hesed, group identity, healthy correction—and we create an environment where we naturally and regularly see transformation,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it just happens. It's a byproduct of the soil being healthy.
1: Yeah, and it's actually something that we should expect. Yes, and I and it's natural. Like it's not something that we have to strive to do. Mm-hmm. And I think this is why the current church model is so frustrating <laughs> Yeah. just because there is no transformation mm. or very little,
0: very little there's, and there's
1: no, and there's just a lack of really healthy fruit where someone enters into the current church model yeah. and walks out looking more like Jesus.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very true. I mean, cause if you think about this, you know, a lot of people, get attached to a church for whatever reason. I mean, there's a lot of different reasons, but what would it look like? Or even maybe even felt like if people chose to get involved or attached to a church, get involved in a church or in a Christian community, because they felt those things, they walked in the room and there was joy. The room was filled with joy. They walked in the room and they're like, man, these people love each other
1: mm-hmm. like
0: so much. Like I can feel the love that they have for each other.
1: Or, yeah, I can watch them sacrifice for one another. Yeah. Oh my gosh, somebody made a mistake and I watched people stay present. I have never experienced that in all my life. Yeah. I didn't even know that was possible.
0: Right, or they even like, they, you look at them, man, I just, I wanna be like them. They look like Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, want, like, I don't understand what's happening here, but I wanna be a part of what's happening in this building and in this room or in this home or in this community, whatever right. it might be. What if that was the reason that people joined a church and got involved in the church? Because traditionally it's the, the music was great. The pastor's a good speaker. He's very um, flamboyant. That's probably not the right word to use. <laughs> charismatic. But charismatic. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. Yeah. Thank you. Or
1: but, maybe they have a mission that yeah. really speaks to me. And,
0: but And all those things are good. Yeah. They're not they're wrong. They're all good.
1: But where we end up getting disheartened is the exact things that you mentioned, mm-hmm. is that maybe that's what draws us there in the first place. And yeah. it's scratching maybe a... A bit of an itch, yeah, right? Yeah. Like there's something about it that feels like it draws us in. Yeah. But then when we spend some time there and we see that maybe the opposite of what you mentioned, like these people aren't really loving each yeah. other. And gosh, when people make mistakes, why does everything seem to fall apart? Right. Or,
0: or how come when, when people seem to have some, some issues or problems or their merges in trouble or, um. Th- this right,
1: I could see that this twenty-year-old kid could just really use someone to invest into them right. because they didn't have parents that did, and instead we're we're judging them and casting them out. Like we yeah. start to see it, or or I want to be everybody's trying to be like so and so, but so and so doesn't really look like Jesus, like
0: right, yeah, like
1: it seems like he he or she should like what what is that about? And so, um, I yeah, it I just, think this is an important question that we need yeah. to be asking is. Gosh, does the bride look like
0: does the bride like look the bride, like, right. or, like, or does the bride yeah, like, like look the groom? Because that's right. that's the that's the goal. And, and
1: why and, were people drawn to Jesus? Yeah, you know that's the real question. Like those things that and, you mentioned, like they weren't drawn to Jesus because of his flash no. or his smoke or his you know or any of his great speaking
0: ability or his i mean they were drawn to the words that he said because the words carry power
1: right but you know that those rabbis were were way more trained or right yeah like when it came to like powerful speaking i bet you there were rabbis that could absolutely compete with jesus in skill
0: yeah and because he was human yeah
1: but but it wasn't that like Mm-mm. what they gave their lives for, where they gave up their entire families to follow them, yeah. th- to follow him was exactly that. It was the love. It was the joy. It was the healthy correction. Right. That it was like, oh, my gosh, he just called that person out and it dripped love. Yeah. How is that possible?
0: Yeah. I, so I just I, we we're sitting here just doing this. And as you, and as we were talking through these things, I just really felt the Lord just And I I know we don't do this on the podcast, but I just really felt like if there's any like leaders or pastors or anyone listening to this specific podcast, ask yourself, like, why are people coming to our building? Why Mm -hmm. are they coming to our church? Are they coming because of the preaching, the music? Are they coming because of, you know, we've got a great kids program, Mm -hmm. which, again, are all great things. Mm -hmm. Or are they coming because when they walk in this building, they feel how our people
1: love each other? Well, they encounter him, right? Yeah, right. And that's what it comes down to. We've talked about this before when in different church models where people feel frustrated because people aren't showing up. Yeah. And then they decide to put on more flash in an attempt to get more people to come. But if they come and they experience Jesus, they will come back.
0: Yeah, and they will understand
1: why. No, and that may not look like signs and wonders. It may look like a very genuine hug. It may look like people caring genuinely for one another it It could look like a lot of different things people looking
0: you in the eye and people genuinely asking you how you're Mm. doing and when you say i'm not doing well they okay well let's they they sit with you don't necessarily pry they don't but it's like let's just okay and they just sit with you in that feeling of whatever that is right it's like what is drawing people to these organizations or these businesses or not businesses or these buildings or these, whatever it is like what let's.
1: And the ultimate question is, are they experiencing Jesus here? Yeah. Through, through me. Yep. Through,
0: through the people through I'm leading people
1: through, yeah. you know, it's not about, it really isn't about the flesh. No. Um, <laughs> The flesh. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> kind of sounded like uh. I said that, but really what these churches are about, the ones that, look like jesus that model community like jesus modeled really oftentimes much like jesus they're very visually unstimulating they are not impressive there is not any no bells and whistles Mm -mm. very little flash not that those things are intrinsically bad or wrong right but they're they're way understated usually because they're not the most important thing yeah um and but what they are is they're always more relationally stimulating yeah and that's what will cause people to stay. And again, that's what causes people to transform.
0: Right. And when we say relationally stimulating, what I wrote here, just a little extra note for me was that they're built on relationship with God themselves and others. Mm-hmm. Everything they do is built around that concept of growing in closer, deeper relationship with each other, with themselves and with God. Yep. And and that's what it looks like to be relationally stimulating.
1: Yes. So let's talk a little bit about Hmm. what does it take to have a whole brain church? You spoke a little bit to the leadership of the current church model, Mm -hmm. and we can't have whole brain churches as they stand now if we don't have whole brain leaders. Yes, very true. And so really, when you have whole brain leadership um, or whole brain pastors, Mm -hmm. typically what it should look like is they're but one of many people in a community where all are faithfully encouraged to complete the kingdom assignment yeah. that Jesus gives them. Yes. We we've gone on rants. Um <laughs> we joke because we feel like this podcast is like you guys hanging out with us in our kitchen. Right. <laughs> because we talk like this all the time. Um where we get into these conversations and curious conversations about what should it look like? Yeah. And this is one of the things that that has just so intrigued us or rubbed mm-hmm. us even in a way is yeah. that a church or a or a pastor really should be about you and your calling in the kingdom yes. as a whole. Yeah. Not about you and your calling and how it benefits the that church.
0: Church or that organization, that specific one. It's mm-hmm. how does it, you know, I, I my, my, how I'll say it is, how does it affect the big C church or the big K kingdom? Mm-hmm. Not the little C church or the little K kingdom.
1: Right. Can I, as a pastor or a leader, support mm-hmm. you as fully mm-hmm. if you never benefit this local body Yeah, as I would If you did, mm-hmm. knowing yeah. that the kingdom is way, way, way bigger than this local body. Now, yeah. granted,
0: we need local bodies
1: and they take work. Yes. So, you know, you need people who who will invest. But then mm-hmm. that's even a whole other conversation we won't get in Is are we investing in in something that maybe isn't bringing the fruit that we need it to bring. Yeah. And we're staying very busy doing so. But anyway. Yeah,
0: in that. So, okay. Um, <laughs> okay. So, whole brain communities are impressed by Jesus alone. And yeah. they talk about Jesus all the time. Not so much about the pastor or the leader. Oof. It, it, and that, it, and because we tend to do that. Because that, it goes back to that we talked about in our um, group identity podcast, where one of those toxic group identities is that can be can very easily be this. Well, I go to so and so's church, or I go to this church, I go to right. this place, and
1: so and so is so dynamic,
0: right? And, and
1: wow, you should come, come see them, or yeah. come listen to them.
0: And again, yes, but what can happen is very easily is that the focus gets flipped from Jesus to whoever this person is that we're talking about. Yes. And so then what and then happens.
1: It, and then they don't win either because right. then what no. happens, you might have are yeah. going to say this, is they get elevated up onto this pedestal of, of the guy or yeah. the, the lady, you know, who has all the answers or somehow is above and beyond just normal. Yeah. Doing their calling in the kingdom, just like you Kenan, should be doing your calling right. in the kingdom. Yeah. And then, and then it just gets all wonky
0: yeah. and it
1: and it ends up being pretty destructive in that way.
0: Yeah. And so, again, that that focus gets shifted from God back to this person when, again, growth is always attributed, should always be attributed to God. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when we look at it from a different view or we we start to say, I go here, I do this, I do that, then growth sometimes can become attributed to where i'm going or who i'm associated with
1: exactly which then creates this unhealthy tie to an organization or Mm -hmm. to a person where if we attribute all of our growth and ability to function to any organization or any person then if we have to detach from that person or are forced to detach from that person then Mm. we lose who we are yeah But if we stay continually connected to Christ as our source, He's the focus. And our focus, then it doesn't matter where we are or the circumstance of who we're connected to in the moment that will determine whether or not we continue to grow. Yeah. Um, This is what I love about Luke 10, which we've mentioned a couple of times on this podcast that we're tucked under, is that there's some really wise elders. And it's actually a whole group of elders, which just thrills us. But every time we're together, it, it literally is about, well, have you asked Jesus about that? Like, it just right. comes back to something so, so simple where here's this man full of wisdom that could answer any question we need asked, right, in his own human wisdom. Mm-hmm. And shoot, he could even go ask Jesus for us, right? right? Like, I've been I've been caught in that misunderstanding that, like, somebody comes to me with a need and now it's my job to go figure it out and I've got to go ask Jesus what to do about their problem right. instead of sitting with them and helping them ask Jesus. Mm-hmm. So because they can and they can hear from him just like I can hear from yeah. him. My ability to hear from him is not so super above that that they can't. If they're his sheep, they can hear his voice. Yes. And maybe they maybe have more practice hearing his voice because I I spend more time practicing or whatever the circumstance might be. But right. that but it would be I'd be remiss to not create that opportunity to remind them like, no, you can hear from Jesus too. And if you want me to sit with you and listen with him, with you together, then let's do that.
0: Yeah. You would be doing them a disservice Mm -hmm. if you didn't point them back and say to Jesus and say, actually, no, you can go listen to him and you can hear from him.
1: Mm -hmm. And what would that look like? Mm. What would it look like if our churches were less centered around one person leading and around all of us leading, which you can't see on the podcast, but I, I immediately put my hands into a V, which uh, we were on a call this week with a friend, and he did his hands like that were with the geese, you know how they fly in a V. Yeah. But what's so interesting about that is, is yes, one person may be flying, or one bird may be <laughs> flying at the front of that V, and what they're doing is they're breaking the wind for the rest of the group. But they take time... Yep, and once their time is up, they fly to the back of the flock, and the next person moves into place. Yep, and I really and think, they never
0: leave the flock.
1: And they never leave the flock. And no one carries the entire burden or is the lead That's guy. So good. Like they all know where they're going, mm-hmm. and they all draft off of one another. Yes, as as it can be, one bird breaks the wind for all, but it's not. But then all birds break the wind because, for one another. Yeah,
0: because what happens is, and we we're a little off tangent here, but. Um, Or on a tangent here, but um, because what happens is that bird up front, he's taking the brunt. He's doing Mm -hmm. all the work Mm -hmm. he's doing. He's the he's doing all the work, all the work he's and He he gets tired out. And what Mm -hmm. happens if what what would happen if he just felt like, well, I have to stay up front. I have to stay up front. You know, I have to drive this thing. I have to stay Mm -hmm. up front. He would eventually die.
1: He would. And none of the other birds would <laughs> learn, learn learn how yeah. to do it for themselves. Man. Because they were created to fly in the front as well. Hmm. Like we were all created to fly front. Wow. In our own way.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, maybe yeah.
1: maybe none of us will are ever called to preach or do things that maybe our traditional pastors do. Mm-hmm. So
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: you know, we still fly front. Yeah. In our very own calling. Yeah. And it's important that we have eyes to see that as brothers and sisters in Christ and as pastors and leaders that that if we're not watching for how each person is created to to function within the kingdom and the purpose that they bring to this earth. Yeah. Then we'll find ourselves always flying front and we'll find ourselves exhausted. Yeah. And we know that from experience.
0: And that's one surefire way to not have a whole brained church, whole brained community, you even living whole brained in mm-hmm. that. Is which is again what we're shooting for and what we're going for with this. You've been listening to the Table and Well podcast. New episodes stream every Tuesday. Please subscribe on your favorite streaming service.